Thank you for tuning in with us again today. Let me share with you that ministry continues through the Pulaski Church of God. And it would be normally during this time of the service where we would receive tithe and offering. We certainly have made opportunity for you to continue uh, your faithful stewardship. If you'll text to 77977 uh, or go on your Apple device to your store, Apple store or Google store on your Android device. You can download Pulaski Church of God app. You can also mail in your gifts to 1621 Bob White Boulevard, Pulaski, Virginia 24301. There's also a slot in our mailbox that you can drop uh, by your gifts if you would like. And of course, we're here Monday through Thursday, 9 to 3. You can stop by any time. We're thankful that you're here today. And I want to read some scripture and share with you just for a few moments from the Gospel of Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Beginning at verse 45. It says, And straightway he, being Jesus, constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and Jesus alone on the land. And Jesus saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. They were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Verse 52 says, For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Once again, Lord, would you place your blessing upon the word of God today. May it speak to our hearts for these few moments that we have remaining together. May we be strengthened, may we be encouraged. We give you praise in Christ's name. Amen, amen, and amen. For a few moments this morning, I would like to speak to you about our on-time God. I love this miracle in the New Testament. It's especially fresh in my mind since I returned March 10th from the Holy Land, from the nation of Israel. Truth of the matter is, we're all facing a global storm today, and yet this storm is very real and very personal to every single one of us. Anxiety about your health, concern about your vocation, and whether it will be there when this is all over. The financial implication, months down the road, weeks down the road, or even days down the road. We're all concerned about when will this be over and when will life 
seemed to be normal again. And although we know it to be very true, today the reality of the Scripture is very much in front of us that it does rain on the just and the unjust alike. It does rain on the believer and the unbeliever the same. It's all here. There's no denying this. But I want to share some truths from this miracle in the Gospels today that I believe will help you and hopefully encourage your faith. The first truth I would share with you from Mark chapter 6 is that we are on divine appointment. Jesus knew the storm was coming. The same Lord that called them could very well have orchestrated the storm on the Sea of Galilee that night. In fact, if you look in the book of Colossians, you will see that Jesus was very much involved in our in the creation. And so it's very possible that Jesus created this storm. The same Lord also said, though, let us pass over unto the other side. Listen to your pastor church this morning. Listen to this preacher, friends of the Pulaski Church of God, friends of mine, friends that are tuning in. I want you to know we will get through this. We will pass through to the other side of this. As you have heard it said, it's a favorite phrase for a lot of believers, and it's found several times in the Scripture, and it simply says these words, and it came to pass. And I'm here to declare today this will not do us in. This will not cause us to go under. We will hold on. We will hold up. We will hold out. We will hold on to each other in our precious family. Know that today, this moment, this season that we're in is a divine appointment for each and every one of us, but we will reach our destination. So the disciples set out on an unknown waters, and they do it without Jesus being personally with them. For the scripture says that as they began to sail the sea, he climbed the mountains. I have always found that to be intriguing. And the second truth I would say to you today is that not only are we on a divine appointment, but I want you to know that Jesus watched over them the whole time. The scripture says from the mountaintop in verse 48, Jesus saw them toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. Just having come back from Israel, as a matter of fact, on my birthday, I was on the Sea of Galilee. As the boat launched out from the pier, I thought about it this morning, just like the disciples launched out from the seashore. A picture-perfect day when I was out there, and it no doubt started out to be a calm day for them. But I have heard guides, Jewish, Israeli guides, talk about funnel winds that would come suddenly down upon the sea. I referred to this last Sunday morning in the message, Eurocladons or Euroclidons or what we would call nor'easters that could change a calm, serene sea into a death trap without a whole lot of notice. And as I thought about that this week and was praying and pondering on this service this morning, I thought, wow, things have, have certainly slipped up on us. It seems like that every hour almost for this last week, things have been changing. 
In just a few days' time, it seems like panic is reigning everywhere. Social distancing and certain days of personal isolation. Even this morning as we come to you, there are more than one state that has gone down on lockdown. Businesses are closing and life as we know it seems to be coming to a grinding halt. A storm that no one in our lifetime, no matter your age today, has ever experienced. But Jesus was watching the disciples and praying the whole time. When they launched out on the Sea of Galilee, he climbed the mountain to one, watch over them, and number two, to pray for them. And there was not a single moment that those disciples were out of his sight. He was watching and praying. He was praying and watching. And I want you to know something, friend, no matter where you are today, I want you to know that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for his children, for the saints of God. This moment, he is at the right hand of the Father, as sure as I stand before you, and he is praying for every single one of you listening today. That is the reason we have hope. That is the reason we have confidence. Because Jesus is praying. Before Jesus ever comes to you, Jesus is praying for you. Before the answer ever arrives, he intercedes for you and watches over you. Let me just stop here and tell you, you are not a speck. You are not a number in the system. You are the apple of his eye. And I get a when I read this miracle, when I see how, how can a man see from a high mountaintop in, onto a storm-tossed sea in the middle of the night? He could see every wave rolling in upon their boat. He could see the gale force of the wind and, and could realize it. And I, I'm like, how can he do that? How can any man do that? Then the sudden realization comes to me that we're not talking about humanity. We're talking about divinity. We're talking about one that was 100% God and yet 100% man. Get this in your spirit today, my brother and my sister. Perceived absence doesn't limit his power. And distance doesn't separate you from his presence. There is no social distancing with the Lord. The Bible asks the question in Psalms, whither shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. But if I make my bed in hell, you are there. Psalms 11 and 4 says this, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids try the children of men. I want you to know no matter how you, uh, what things are going on around you, the Lord has not abandoned you. He has not forsaken you. I learned one time I was watching a show called Hurricane Hunters. And I watched as they were flying into the outer band of a hurricane, and their plane was rocking and reeling, and those brutal, ferocious outer bands, and their whole goal, even to their own jeopardy, 
was to get to the, the center or the eye of the storm. For when they got to the center or the eye of the storm, they would be able to, to measure and find out more about the storm so they could report it back to meteorologists. But something I found to be fascinating is that when they got to the center of the storm, there was sudden peace. In the middle of the storm, the sky was blue. There was, there was tranquility. It was the norm as long as they were in the eye of the storm. There was a storm all around the center of that hurricane. But in the center of the storm, there was peace and serenity. What a word for you and I today. And that is this truth. The eye over the storm is the eye in the storm. And he may often be out of our sight, but there's not one moment that he is ever out of your sight. Praise the Lord. Truth number three. Not only did they know it was divine appointment, they discovered that. Not only did they come to the realization Jesus was praying for them, but the third truth I would share with you today is that God came to them in the storm. Jesus didn't stay in the mountain, and Jesus doesn't stay on the throne. He's not just praying for us. He descends the mountain to us. He's not just interceding for us. He descends from the throne room and comes to our rescue. Verse 48 of that passage that I read to you, if you didn't know, maybe it's strange what that means. It says, he came to them in the fourth watch of the night. In Jewish measuring of time, the fourth watch of the night, the nighttime was divided up into watches, three hours each for a 12-hour period. Six to nine p.m. would be the first watch. Nine to midnight would be the second watch. Midnight to 3 a.m. would be the third watch. But the fourth watch would be between 3 and 6 a.m. in the morning. After they had toiled all night, after all hope was seemingly lost, Jesus came to their rescue. Jesus is our on-time God. I'm telling you, we all find ourselves feeling overwhelmed, more questions than we do have answers. Some of us, maybe even at the end of our rope, the anxiety, the mental anguish of this, the emotional trauma of this is wreaking havoc. But there's a couple of things I want to share with you before I close. Number one, it's not cliche, but our extremity is his opportunity. And when life is at its worst, the potential is there, and the reality is there that Jesus will be at his best. The second thing that I want to point out, and it was the very last verse that I read. The Lord reminded me when I was in Israel, it kind of came as a revelation. I had never kind of connected it. But Jesus had fed 5,000 people, plus women and children. It's possible he fed 20,000 people people on the hillside just a few hours earlier. Five loaves and two fishes was all they had. 
We have to talk about how he multiplied that, but I find it fascinating that there were 12 baskets left over. What happened to the 12 baskets? Well, I'm thinking that they probably carried them on the boat with them. If, in fact, they did, when things got really tough on the Sea of Galilee that night, did, they, did the disciples throw the 12 baskets out of the boat? The Scripture says that they had forgotten about the loaves and the fishes. Their hearts were hardened. Wow, in just a few hours. It seems like they had lost track of the reality of the divine provider that had just multiplied loaves and fishes. And I want to ask you that today. Have you forgotten? Have you thrown out your 12 baskets? Have you seen the miraculous provision of the Lord and yet it seems to have slipped away from your mind and your memory? They tell me that the greatest inspiration to prayer is answered prayer. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Rehearse in your mind the times that he has multiplied the loaves and the fishes in your life. I'm telling you today, the same God who is your provider is also your protector. And he is an on-time God. If you don't know him as Savior and Lord and you happen to be tuning in today, I don't know how in the world anybody's living through this without Jesus in their heart. But today it's simply making a confession of faith in him and asking him to come in and forgive you of your sins. Believing that what he did on the cross was for you. And you will be saved. For all of my believing church family and friends that are tuning in. Don't throw the 12 baskets out of the boat. Don't forget about the miracles. Stay encouraged. Encourage one another. God will inspire your faith. We will make it to the other side. Pray with me. Father, thank you. Thank you for your spirit, for your presence. I miss the personal presence of my church family. But Lord, I sense your very real spirit this very moment. And as a handful of heads are bowed in this room and heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this county, this state, this country, different ones that have tuned in. If they don't know you, Lord, I pray that even this moment they would make a confession of faith in Christ. They would ask Jesus to come into their heart and then they would let us know about it. I pray for my brother and my sister in Christ that is worried and filled with anxiety and fear and doubt. Would you let your peace roll over them right now? Would you remind them of what you did for them last week, last month, last year? Would you bring back the 12 baskets of the multiplied loaves and fishes in their life? Bring it back to their memory. and May they be encouraged that the same God that provided for them 
is going to continue to provide for them. The same God that has protected them in times past will protect them through this time, this season. Our trust is in you. Our faith is in you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you in the Lord. We plan on staying connected with you throughout the week. May God's grace be abundant in your life. Keep looking to him. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. God bless you.